to the PHNX Suns VIP Lounge brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith. That's Saul Bookman. That's Espo. One down, 15 to go after the Phoenix Suns win game one against the New Orleans Pelicans, 110 to 99. How y'all feeling? Oh, I like this fresh new look we got going on the, the stream. We ain't finished yet. 15 more to go. Also, we ain't finished listening to the sax ride, oh, baby. Let's go. Sax, Turn that baby. shit up, Shane. I need me some Rank sexy it. saxophone. Let's go. All right, baby. Oh, <laughs> the only thing smoother than that, Chris Paul. True, true. And whatever we're drinking tonight. So, Espo, go ahead and take us to the bar. Let's go to the bar. <laughs> we're drinking <laughs> CP's secret stuff, baby. He drank a hell of a lot of that going into the Ford. Jesus. He had uh, no shots in the first quarter. Then dude comes out in the fourth and says, I'm taking all the shots. Literally all the shots. Which is appropriate <laughs> while we're at the bar to take all the shots. For sure. I I, I mean, we're going to get into it, I assume. But Jesus, I that was magical, what we just saw from CP3. That's something that you'll never forget. Because the way he just took over out of nowhere, seemingly, was just unbelievable. Did you really doubt that the point God wouldn't have a big game on Easter? I didn't doubt it. <laughs> well, I it knew did, it was coming. It didn't look like it was going to have a he, he was going to be he was going to have a good game, but I didn't think it was going to be like that at I all. I mean, he though. does it on purpose. He wrote yeah, but we have Yeah, but we haven't I mean, let's be fair. We haven't seen anything like that for for quite a while. Like yeah, but this is playoff like, basketball. I know. So. I know. It's just, you know, sometimes you forget. You forget what the what the old man is capable of. Like <laughs> About, I can say old man because he's five years younger than I am. Like, he's getting up there. He's about to turn 37. I know. 37. And he's going out there and he's schooling fools in the fourth quarter. Fools. Yeah. All I'm going to say is hashtag blessed to have CP3. Point God. <laughs> Amen, on our sister. Team. Say it again. <laughs> Let's go. All right, guys. Uh, we'll talk more about Chris Paul here in just a little bit. But let's kind of dive into this game. Recap it a little bit. Dissect it a little bit. We'll start with the first half for the Phoenix Suns and the Pelicans. So it was 53 to 34 at halftime. Obviously, the Suns played pretty good defense in those two quarters. A season low for the Pelicans in the first half with just those 34 points. Fifth lowest point total in a half in NBA playoff history. Listen, the, the Suns had tailored their defense to allow the Pelicans to shoot the shots that they wanted them to shoot. And... It worked in the first half because the Pels couldn't throw a rock in the ocean for shit. And it, but it, even though that was the case, and the Suns looked, you know, somewhat efficient on offense, even at halftime, I tweeted like the Suns didn't even play their best basketball, and they're still up by 19 points. Like they have a whole, they have like 10 other levels that they can go in this game. It was just kind of a, a methodical game. It's kind of a typical Suns game that you would see during the regular season. The only difference is, is that the Pels started to find themselves, um, and we'll get to that in the third quarter. Yeah, I mean, the Pelicans shot 22% in that first. Like It was it was bad basketball. Let's, yeah, not, yeah. let's not sugarcoat it. Suns played very good defense, but the Pelicans were missing shots that they typically made. So you kind of felt like, 
the rubber band would snap back yeah. at some point. Yeah. But the Suns did everything you could have asked coming off of a week-long break and really only preparing specifically for New Orleans since Friday night. So that was everything you could have asked for from this team in, in, for, in the first half. Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing, too, with the Suns, like you were saying, they weren't even playing like their best basketball. No. Um, they were 26.7% from beyond the arc. That's what they shot in the first half. Four of 15. Like, could you imagine if shots were falling from well, for the Suns? Yeah, yeah, from that three-point yeah. line for the Suns? <laughs> this would have been a blowout by halftime more than what it kind of already had been. You know, this could have been like a 70 to 34 point game. But like well, I said, I mean, that, the same could be said on the other side of the ball when you But the Pelicans the aren't notoriously a good three-point shooting no. team. No, but they were missing a lot of like mid-range shots too. It wasn't just from three that they were they were inept. Like Valanciunas had at least six different shots right at the free throw line and missed them all. Like there was just listen, for everything that was great about the Suns' defense, you could equally say was as bad for the for the Pelicans' offense. And I think that's what Espo is trying to say. Is it's like there's a happy medium there of good defense, but also better shooting from the Pelicans um, that we'll probably see for the rest of this series. Look like CJ McCallum started to get um, you know his feet under him. He started to feel a lot more comfortable, especially in that third quarter. Um, I don't expect Brandon Ingram to be completely basically inept the entire game. Uh, like he was tonight, in my opinion. And, you know, Valanciunas is Valanciunas. He got what he got. And, and it still he felt like he was getting humiliated by DA, despite when you look at the numbers, it would tell you otherwise if you didn't see the game. Mm-hmm. Well, that first half, the Pelicans had 16 offensive boards. So the the Suns didn't keep them off the glass. The Pelicans were rebounding at a high clip, especially offensively, which is has been problematic for the Suns team. What happened was the Pelicans missed a lot of those shots uh, up close. And as we'll talk about, that shifts. Mm-hmm. The one last thing that I'll mention from the first half is uh, Andrew Lopez on Twitter said that from ESPN Stats Info, uh, New Orleans shot 0 of 10 against Mikkel Bridges in the first half. So just a few flowers from Mikkel's lockdown defense in that first half. All right. Let's talk about that third quarter. Yeah, well, just like Espo <laughs> talked about, you know, uh, for every if for every good thing that went the Suns' way, despite giving up all those offensive rebounds, things drastically took a turn for the worse in the third quarter. Um, I mean, offensive rebounding, open shots, they got a little lax on defense, open, you know, layups, threes, like the whole the whole gamut. The the Pelicans scored more in the third quarter than they did the entire first half. Uh, which is saying something. And so uh, moving forward, uh, and we knew this going in, we knew that the Suns' weakest point is defensive rebounding. We knew this. Valanchunas and company are a very good offensive rebounding team. Like, we know this. And they're good. They're off, They're a good offensive rebounding team against everybody in the Third NBA. Third in the league. Not just, season. yeah, not yeah. just the Suns. So it's not just a Suns problem. Like, this is a very good offensive rebounding team. And if the Suns don't focus, which they did not in the third quarter, that shit will come back to haunt you. And it sure did. And, I mean, that's why the Pels came back in the game. Look, it was the third quarter was a uh, was an, uh, an a correction like we're talking about in the first uh, in that first half recap. Look, we knew the Pelicans were going to shoot better. They happened to do it. There were some lapses 
for the Suns, but the third quarter has tended to be that quarter that teams kind of get back in it a little bit with the Suns, and the fourth is when they when they clamp things down. You were, I mean, you were upset during that third I quarter. It wasn't the anxiety necessarily. It was it, it wasn't the anxiety because they were coming back. It was the way they were coming back and what the Suns weren't doing to prevent it. it listen, if you're going to play in the playoffs, I know during the regular season, third quarter teams make runs. Then, you know, typically the Suns are they're just an okay third quarter team, but then they turn it on the fourth, put you away. Like if you think that that's going to be the habit moving forward, I understand that they're 40, 48 and 0 now after leading through three quarters. But I'm telling you, if you're up by 20 against a team like oh I don't know the Celtics or the Bucks in the finals. Uh, and you let them back in the game, uh, or Kyrie, we saw today with Kyrie and KD, like you let them back in the game, they damn near won that game. Like you can't do that against good teams. Luckily, the Pels aren't that great of a team, so they're going to be okay. But just bad tendencies that I don't want to see moving forward as the competition gets better is, is my concern. We talked about this team after a week off potentially being rusty. I feel like they came out in that first half with something to prove and got a little lax because of, in part, that week off in, in that third quarter where it was just kind of like, okay, we proved what we could do in that first half, and we're going to kind of go through the motions. Well, now they got that wake-up call. That third quarter serves as, oh, remember how that playoff run went last year? You're in the middle of it again. Mm-hmm. That you know, it, There's no time off. There's no taking five minutes and a quarter off in the playoffs. And I'd much rather see it in game one, round one, versus the Pelicans than, you know, in, in the Western Conference Finals or something like that. Aussie Suns fans pod, is his handle name, says, we need to address the elephant in the room. Jay Crowder at power forward having one rebound for the game just isn't good enough. That is true. But let's take this into consideration. The Suns got limited production from uh, a few individuals that they are going to have to rely on as they move forward. Jay Crowder being one of them. Campaign did not have a good game whatsoever. He struggled. And for for a while there, despite the defense, uh, Mikhail offensively was a little bit MIA as well. But then he picked it up a little bit towards the end. So I I think you're going to see significantly better games from those guys moving forward. And we already know about Jay Crowder. Like, listen, Jay Crowder, it's like all or nothing with him especially in the playoffs. We saw that last year. We're probably going to see a little bit of that again this year. Um, Everybody, to your point, Espo, everybody had a little bit of rust to knock off. I think they've gotten through that. And I think now the the good thing about this is is they understand that the Pels are not going to be an easy out. They're going to play hard. That's what they do. And the Suns are going to match that energy and take care of business. So that's it's kind of a good thing that they made that run in the third quarter to kind of keep it somewhat close. Look, 65 minutes from the bench tonight. Four guys. They they shorten the rotation to nine guys. 65 minutes between Torrey Craig, Cam Johnson, Jeff Vale McGee, and Campaign, and you get nine rebounds out of that. That's the difference there. The bench has to be better on the glass. They have to be better offensively because you only get 22 points out of the bench. That third quarter was primarily uh, the bench that got you in trouble there. That needs to be tighter. They're one of the deepest teams in the league. Your bench needs to perform better. And the third quarter in particular, when you have a big lead like that, you need your bench guys to either sustain that lead or stretch it. They didn't do it in the third today. So I have a question about 
campaign, since we're talking about the bench and we kind of brought him up, I saw a couple people on Twitter talking about maybe, I'm not making an excuse, I'm just throwing this out to crowdsource, right? Figure out how you guys all feel about it. Uh, Maybe he is not fully healed from the injury a week or so ago. You're you're at a point where there's no excuses. I don't care. If you're out there, if you said, I'm good enough to play, Yep. You gotta, you gotta step it up. You gotta, you gotta work through it. If you're too injured and you can't perform, you need to say, "I can't be out there." Mm-hmm. And then it's next man up. It's Aaron Holiday, whoever it is. Mm-hmm. But if you're out there, there's no excuse for campaign. I don't, I don't see that either. Yeah, I mean, campaign has some wide open shots that he just missed. And you know what? It's okay. That's that. It happens sometimes. Hell, it happened to the Pelicans the whole first half. Right. Uh, I don't think any of them are injured. So like campaign had a bad, bad game. That's okay. He'll bounce back. He'll be fine. I certainly don't think you just bench him and go straight to Aaron holiday. Now, like that's just not the option. Like campaigns, your best offensive, um, uh, you score at the point guard position besides Chris Paul, like you got to play campaign because campaigns high is game changing. It's game changing. He can turn a, a game uh, the drop of a dime if he if if he comes with it because that energy is really infectious. Well, and you could get away maybe with Aaron Holiday in this series, but beyond that, as it gets harder and harder, mm-hmm. you, that's a big risk. Yeah. yeah. Oh, campaign. Jay Crowder, Tory Craig combined for three freaking points. That's problematic. You can't do that. And you can't but, bench all three of them. No. You know you don't bench. You don't bench any of them. It's a it's a bad game one. And Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre, and Mikael Bridges picked up the offensive slack. We're talking as if somehow this was a game one loss, and, and they won by eleven freaking points here. So the third quarter was rough, but the fourth quarter is where they decided to wake up at least one man in general who had hibernated, if you will, for three quarters. Yeah, and Chris Paul, how many minutes did Chris Paul play tonight? Chris Paul logged 35 minutes. 35 minutes. That's not bad. That's not terrible. No. Like in the playoffs, that's about what you expect. So, you know, when WD40's in the chat talking about give Holiday a run or try point book to buy CP3 a few minutes, CP3 didn't need a few minutes. He was good. He, like, took, he took those first, he took a few minutes in that fuck, first he took quarter. the whole first half off. Yeah. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we'll be all right. We'll be four, all right. Four assists, zero shots. I think, I think he was conserving the energy there yeah. in, those, in that first quarter. Absolutely. And I mean, we, we talked about it at the top of the show, but let's get into it even more. We're going to go ahead and give Chris Paul our draft king, king of the game honor tonight. He really flipped the switch in the fourth quarter. He had 11 points heading into that quarter. In the first four minutes, he had 13 points and he finished the game with 30 points. He also added in 10 assists, seven rebounds. Uh, Chris Paul had himself a night and in that had, fourth quarter, at least. He had, had himself se- a fourth quarter. <laughs> he had 17 of their 19 points where they stretched that lead back out in the fourth. Chris Paul looked at, at the situation and said, now's my time. And he masterfully went through, hit those mid-range, got to the rim, hit a couple three-pointers. He did every little thing that you could possibly want. And you looked at him and you went, how did anybody ever think that this guy might be potentially washed? Because he does the little <laughs> things so damn well. I mean, Chris Paul, I, I tell you, the way he just – I've never seen anything like it, really. You know, guys in their in their prime, but also with so much experience and age, 
you kind of see it a little bit with like LeBron uh, from time to time. You saw it with like Jordan at the end and Kobe, like the way Chris Paul just surgically dismantled the Pelicans in the fourth quarter, like as if like there was just never a doubt. He pulled up from three, hit it, was like, yeah, this is this is what I do. Like I wake up and I play basketball. I'm fucking good at it. Like I want to He's oh. like, I can take a week and three quarters off and still just knock <laughs> yep. him down like no one's yep. business. I'm going to throw it out to the chat. <laughs> Do you guys feel like Chris Paul strategically does what he does through those first three quarters, knowing he can turn it on? Or is it simply he's taking what the defense gives him and in those first three quarters, they just kind of forget about him. And in the fourth, he has these opportunities. Because to me, I, I can't I can't tell which it is. Is it chicken or the egg? What is it? I think it's strategic. I do. I think it's 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 a little bit of both, right? Yes, you're taking what the defense is giving you, but you're not you're not going above and beyond to force shots or find those shots. You're finding you're finding shots for your teammates. But then in the fourth quarter, yeah. he goes, "Okay, now I'm going to go above and beyond. I'm going to find my shots." So I think it is a little strategic in the sense of one, getting teammates involved first, and then two, um letting them kind of forget about me for a minute. Maybe, maybe throughout the course of the game, everybody knows coming into the game that Chris Paul is capable of this. All these guys on the court, right? It's not like he's tricking them. It just might be a little bit of recency bias where they're just like, oh, we're good. They fall asleep at at the wheel, basically. Yeah, I I mean, I agree. But after Chris Paul hits that first three, you're like, oh, shit, yeah, yeah. We can't let that dude do this. And it then doesn't matter because Chris Paul's just that damn good. And that's the thing is like, it w- it w- I would normally agree with you guys in terms of like kind of rope doping them, if you will, um, <laughs> which is okay, cool. But the way he was also just blowing by defenders and just he made just it look so easy. so easy. Like <laughs> nobody at thirty seven should be doing that in the NBA ever. Like nobody has ever done that in the NBA at thirty seven ever. Like maybe LeBron because he's getting close to that age. But oh my god, like it, it was stupid how good. That was. And the other thing that I got to say about Chris Paul is I don't think he just is so smart at knowing what his team needs. And in the first half against a team that's below average, his team did need him to do all, you know, all the scoring and stuff like that. But he felt the game starting to turn on its head a little bit. And he was like, "Nah, we we can't have this. He put him away. And that's what great. That's what the great ones do. But it's surgical when he does it, too. Like. He just he knows where to be. He knows how to get in that position. Once they kind of collapse on him, he knows how to find his teammates still. It's just such a damn thing of beauty. And why I think the Suns team is so dangerous throughout this is it, you could have Chris Paul or Devin Booker do that on any given night and pick apart a team in this playoffs. I Look, it, it, an 11-point win against the Pelicans doesn't feel like a success when you're up as big as you were in the first half, but I don't care. Any way you get these 16 wins, I don't give a crap. And when the Suns do Suns things like they did again tonight, get in the fourth quarter and take care of business, I'll take it. I'll take it any. Evening. And you can sit there and say, oh, well, he's not going to do that against the Warriors, or he's not going to do that against Why the Warriors. Why not? Why against, against the Grizz? Bullshit. Like he, he he can and he will. Like he's he can. Like listen. Like all, all because he's doing it against the Pelicans doesn't mean that he can't do it against anybody else. Like he literally hit a game winning shot against the Warriors when he didn't really do anything down the stretch. But he was like, okay, well I'm gonna hit this 
this game winner and we're going to get this dub and we're going to leave. And that's what he did. Like, come on. Like, we can't overreact and then start to nitpick on, on this win. A win's a win. Look, the Grizz lost game one against the freaking Timberwolves. You know what I mean? The Celtics almost lost against the Nets um, after blowing a 20-point lead. Who gives a shit how you win as long as you win? They're going to clean some things up. They're going to get better to game two, and everything's going to be fine. But I'm not going to nitpick a you know a 15-plus point victory just because we want to say, oh, well, somebody can't do this against the elite teams. The elite teams struggle too. Hey, any playoff team can be elite at any, any given moment. Yep. Just because New Orleans was the ninth seed record-wise, flashes of brilliance still happen. They had to win two very tough games to get to this point. They played stretches of basketball that were unbelievable to to get there and, and to come back against the Clippers. There will be moments where the Pelicans play elite. The Suns took care of business. They'll continue to take care of business in this series, and they'll move on to the next one. So I feel like the chat is pretty much, well, there's some 50-50, but a lot of people are in agreement with you. Absolutely, Espo, it's all planned. CP3's been doing this way before Phoenix. He does it on purpose, picks on their tendencies, then exploits them. He feels out the game, wants to get his guys going first. I feel like the chat um, kind of agrees. Jose Villarreal, come on now. I didn't see that one. CP3 one equals the Kmart version of Isaiah Thomas. Get out of here with and that And the list. way that spelt, isn't that the... The Isaiah Thomas that played for the Suns, not the Isaiah no, Thomas that, that was in Detroit. No, I think that was that's the one from Detroit. Is the spelling? That, I mean, I, I would spelling, assume that's who he's speaking I about. He, but I think the way he spelled it was the. Don't, I, I don't they be both, wrong, Don't they sell, spell no, it the same they way? Spell it differently. I'm pretty sure the Pistons yeah. Isaiah Thomas is spelled that way. Okay. But, okay. Well, either way, I'm just really glad that we got um, that fourth quarter performance from Chris Paul, and I think the biggest thing to remember is that. Like if you want to talk about games against teams like the Warriors, for example, you don't this team doesn't have to rely on only Chris Paul. They can rotate, right? Like you said, Devin Booker can come in this game and do the exact same thing. Chris Paul and Devin Booker can split a fourth quarter. We've seen Mikkel Bridges and Jay Crowder and Cam Johnson knock down really, really important big shots in the final five minutes of a game. Like this team has grown so much over this season that it's not just relying on Chris Paul or Devin Booker anymore for that matter. You have a lot of guys who can step up at any moment and be a part of that momentum shift or just push this team over the edge to where the other team just has no chance. Well, tonight is is an example of that. We've gone through the four quarters. We didn't even talk about two of the guys that had two of the biggest impacts in, in D.A. and Cam Johnson who both had unbelievable performances as well. Yeah, and we'll get there in just a second. But real quick, shout out to Taboo Tibbets for the $10 Super Chat. Said CP3 with a vintage performance, 30-10-7 on 75% shooting. He got that Coco 5 from Book in the 4th. Hashtag Suns in 4. <laughs> Thank you, Taboo Tibbets, for the Super diet, Chat. More than, more than that Coco 5, I'll say that. <laughs> it's a Combined effort, maybe? I, I don't think know. it's the fact that he has unbelievable skills that did it, <laughs> not what he's ingesting or imbibing. Just a, just a guess. The longevity might be a byproduct of, of the, the veganism, yes, but the skills sure. is his own, yes, yes. own doing. Yes. All right, we're gonna plant take a power, break baby. Let's go. Because y'all know the NBA playoffs mean next level basketball. What? So get in on the first round action with DraftKings Sports. Get it in. Hot action. Let's go. An official sports betting partner of the NBA this week. NBA. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. Any team? $150? Instantly? What? What? Any team. 
$150 instantly. <laughs> you win no matter what. Plus, plus, get this. Each day of the first round, you get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same game parlay does risk, not hit. Risk-free, really? Each day. Mm -hmm. Risk-free? That's pretty dope. Yeah. Like, so, what if I fall over and hurt myself? Oh, Does my God, Espo, stay on fucking oh, track. Okay, sorry. Jesus. Sorry. We're not playing uh, what-if scenarios during this ad read. We could. Good we could. God. If you guys uh, decide to get in on the action with DraftKings, let us know what you're betting on. We want to be able to support you and cheer you on if you win a whole bunch of money. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code PHNX. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That is promo code PHNX at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Just a reminder, that is 21 and older only, Arizona only, gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only, minimum $5 minimum deposit, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. By the way, guys, you know what I started thinking about during the playing games? What? Balls, you know, and the importance oh, to the game Christ. of basketball. Did Is you know that, that really the transition what? he was trying I'm to go so through? You know, first of all, you know, Espo fucked this all up from no, the beginning. You know why? No. Because at the beginning of the show, he said that was smooth. And I thought for sure you were going to go right yeah. into a Manscaped yeah. ad. That's where my head was at. That's what real G's would have done. I, I was so. thinking about balls during a play-in oh, tournament and, and how God. important they are to basketball. I mean, they're an integral part of the game. Hell, they even have one on the championship trophy. I mean, the, I almost said the Lombardi <laughs> trophy. That doesn't have a basketball. It has a ball, just a football. But uh, the Larry O'Brien trophy even has one. But what happens if they, they are, don't feel right to the touch? They are both smooth. So. They are. But what, if, what happens if they don't feel right to the touch? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. What happens feel like ruffled leather and a fuzzy or have a weird smell? Oh, hell. You know the ref is throwing them out and getting a different game ball. I you know it. to be a part of this. <laughs> <laughs> if they're not ready to be played with, they're not even going to get into the game. Because it's the playoffs and only the best balls make it, what damn it. What the hell? Only the best balls. Target. Really, Manscaped? This so, is what you came up with. So get your balls playoff ready. Yeah, that's right. Get your balls playoff ready with Manscaped. That's right. Use the promo code PHNX. Save some money at manscaped.com and get your balls ready for the playoffs. Let's go. Okay. Hey, oh, <laughs> Lindsay laughed really hard on that one. Well, because you were so shocked too. I've never seen you be like, "Oh, damn." I was like, "What the hell?" This we ad, this we ad read Saul to be like, this, "This might be too far." This ad read made no <laughs> sense to me. I was like, level. "What the hell?" I wrote that myself. So <laughs> did you really? I did. Oh, well, good job. I sent it to Jacob, our super producer, at one point too. Okay. Oh, that's All right. Okay. Hey. Get some manscape there, huh? So Cam Johnson and DeAndre Ayton. Uh, let's talk about them because DeAndre Ayton. Sure? <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's move on, Espo. As much as I did enjoy I can, that. I can talk funny. about championship balls all night if we need to. Oh, that was really funny, but yeah, we all should right. probably move on. Uh, you want to start with Cam or DA? Uh, it DA? doesn't really matter. It's okay. always DA. Yeah, talk about DA first. DA was phenomenal. It was I, unbelievable. I I mean, if you were watching the the playback with us, uh, you'll know how much I just love when DA goes off. And he was phenomenal on both ends of the court tonight. Even though statistically you look at his numbers. Um, 21 I mean, points, uh -huh. nine rebounds, mm -hmm. 
four blocks, mm -hmm. and he was a plus seven tonight. And three assists. And, 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 and three assists. And, and, and the blocks. Two assists. The blocks, the intensity. I just feel like I know people are going to look and say, oh, well, he only had nine rebounds. But it's just so much more than that because he occupies a lot of space for others to get the rebounds. And I think this is what you're going to see in this series. There's going to be times, and it happened several times tonight, where D.A. does his job but gets pulled away from the basket. Others have to do their job to secure those rebounds, and that's why, you know, that's, that's why things kind of fuck up around him, if you will. And so he doesn't get credit for those rebounds, but he's – He's putting himself in a position to give others the opportunity to get those rebounds, um, and they just aren't coming up with them. So I think you'll see that cleaned up. I think they'll be better overall moving forward. But D.A. was fantastic, and he was a game changer tonight. He really was. Yeah, a complete difference maker. And you can't – I hate the rebounding crap. Like, you ask for him to be intense. This is the most intense game I think we've seen DeAndre Ayton play. You ask him to come up big on defense. He does it offensively. He's hitting running hooks. He had a three in a playoff game. He does everything. His power forward gets, let's let's be accurate here, one freaking rebound. But that's on him. Jay Crowder gets one freaking rebound. Torrey Craig has, oh, zero rebounds, yet it's D.A. who isn't doing it on, on the boards. No, that's not a D.A. problem. He grabbed nine. He did everything he could. Defensively, he stopped everything that came his way. Tonight was not a DA problem in any way. It was everybody around him that needed to be better on the boards, and it drives me nuts that uh, that they try to people try to put that on him again. And, and real quick, just in the chat, a lot of people are asking if DA is okay. Is DA okay? He came back to the floor, obviously, but of course he was also rubbing his head. Um, but they checked him out. Uh, when Gerald shows up, then we absolutely will ask him that question to make sure um, to find out if he's going to be all right or not. I'm sure there's probably some concussion protocol or at least oh, they'll, they'll some examination to make sure that he's okay. But um, um, Gerald didn't is. tweet anything out as far as health wise from Monty about D.A., but he did say that Monty said he did not think. The Herb Jones shoulder to DA's face was malicious. And after getting to watch the play from a few different angles, Gerald said he agrees. Don't think it was intentional. The in-house replay looked bad, but I think it was just a reckless no, I think I think I think what he was trying to do, and I agree with Reggie Miller saying, uh, I, well, I think one of the two guys said that it looked like he was trying to jump past him to get past him on the other side. And I know it looks like he shouldered him. But I've I've literally done that before where a guy's running and I just I, it's, it's almost like I'm trying to jump so I can skate by him. Um, and, and I'm not trying to say Herb Jones is completely innocent. It could have been dirty. But if they say that it wasn't dirty and they don't think it was dirty. OK, can I get the single shot? Uh oh, here uh -oh. We go. that was dirty. <laughs> what the hell are you jumping for? Why are you popping your shoulder into D.A.'s head when, when you're the jumping so you over. don't get hit by the player? He jumped into him. He but didn't he was jump away but what from I'm him. Saying is, he jumped into him. What I'm him. saying is, is like fucking what, stop if you're not trying to run no, into the guy. No, no, you're not trying because you gotta go play fucking defense. Listen, what did he play? When, no, when, he when, was when, on offense. When, no, he wasn't going to play. They had scored, and he was running back. Yeah, running back point? where on defense? No. Yes, they had just scored. The Pels just scored. 
DA was running back to go on offense. He was trying to get to the other side of DA. And instead of just running in a straight line and hitting him, he tried to jump so he wouldn't collide like his legs is what my impression of it was. Right, Shane? Like, as a basketball player, you know you've done that before, especially if you have to get in position to press or whatever. Like, that's what he was doing. So I'm not going to sit here and say it was completely innocent and maybe he was being shady as hell and he gave him a shoulder check. But I'm going to say that if Monty and and Gerald look at this from a, a different point of view and they've seen all these angles, I'm okay with it. I've watched all those angles, too. Well, we're we're putting Gerald on Monty's level now, too. I kind of like that. I mean, <laughs> Gerald's the girth. I trust Gerald. I, I don't know. I just It did not seem like a natural movement. Uh, to try to get away from it a guy. It is he a natural into movement. into the guy. It's an actual, it's a natural movement. into DA. I don't but he was it. trying to jump around him is, my, is what I'm saying. I only saw a couple of angles of it. The angles that I saw, the first one that they showed us on the broadcast, looked bad. Then there were a couple others where it was like, okay, maybe it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I don't know for sure. I would like to think, though, and this is what I'm going to go with, is that it wasn't intentional because if it was intentional, that's super messed up. That's and it. I would like to think that more more NBA players than not have so, have soul and some morals and aren't that dirty. It was reckless if it wasn't intentional. Reckless, reckless is one thing. That's yeah, reckless I can get on board Because as soon as he hit him, he realized he hit him, and he was like, oh, shit. You know, he stuck his hand out like, you good? You know what I mean? So, like, I mean, unless, unless you know, Herb Jones is just the dirtiest player we didn't realize was dirty ever. I, 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 have not, hey, I haven't heard anything bad about Herb Jones all th- season. There was a moment where Pat Beverly became Pat Beverly, oh too. God. Maybe he's just embracing really the dark side. Listen, I guess we'll find out over no, the next won't. three games if he tries something else. <laughs> yes, we will, because if he's intentionally a dirty player and this is his... This is his villain origin story. Yeah. Then he's going to do it again in the next three games. And if he doesn't, then we know it was probably not intentional. All I'm saying is That's I think answer. that the name Patrick might have fueled him. The name Herbert will definitely fuel you to be a bad person. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like the the name of a villain where you'd want to change Herbert? your name to like the Joker or something? Herbert? You named really? Herbert. I thought Herbert was like a love bug. That's Herbie. Yeah. Um, yeah, close enough. Herb is a cute name. Is it? <laughs> like, well, Herb is like a six-year-old. That's what I mean, though. It's like a cute little old man name, though. Wouldn't you get angry if you had a cute little old band name and Probably you're a professional not. athlete? Herb. I'm not gonna go back and watch no. a bunch of footage to see if guys <laughs> randomly jump and move their shoulder while playing basketball. It's definitely a Sun City name. That's for <laughs> sure. Totally Sun City. Yeah, yeah. Name. It's definitely that dude that sits on the porch and smokes weed and you're just like, hey, what's up, Uncle Herb? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bud. You oh gotta be, be better than that. <laughs> All right. Um, so DA had a pretty good game. Hopefully everything is okay. Yes, we will absolutely keep you posted if we hear anything at all. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore sons for anything that's breaking or that we comes from practice tomorrow. If we hear it. We'll put it out there and you guys can all have all that information. All right, Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson finished tonight with 13 points. He only had one rebound in this game. Um, offensively, though, off the bench, he he was the guy. Yeah. Which, thank goodness that Cam was able to contribute offensively in that way because the bench would have been hurting real bad without that. Another thing is that I feel like Cam has finally 
really turned a corner. We've said he's slowly, slowly at the end of the regular season. This game felt like, okay, Cam, Cam's good. He's yeah, back. Cam's back. Yeah. yeah, for sure. No, I totally agree with that. Like, he, he looked very much in control all night long. Um, he was solid on both ends of the court. Like, I'm... I was very pleasantly surprised with how Cam Johnson's bounced back and and it kind of found his groove again. I think the week off probably helped him uh, get back into the rhythm with his teammates uh, one more time. And so, yeah, it's good to have him back. Yeah, we got a cam slam. We got him hitting threes. That was what you wanted to see offensively. Now, mm-hmm. hopefully he'll get better on the boards. Hopefully this whole team will get better on the boards. But when it comes to offensively, that was the Cam Johnson that we were hoping to see. I just wish we saw a little bit more of him. He went five of six. Like, yeah. give him the ball more if he's mm-hmm. if he's going to connect like that. Because you know he's not one of the the top three, four options that they're looking at offensively. Uh, you know that that New Orleans is keying in on. So he should have some open looks in this series. I hope they get him even more involved in the offense uh, going into game two. I'm telling you what, if if Cam and Cam can get on the same page and connect. That second unit is going to be lethal with JaVale McGee as well. Like, I'm excited to see them on the same page. And I'm going to go on a limb right now and say next game combined, those two will have 30 points. I'm I'm going to say you're going to get 20-plus from Cam Johnson himself. Well, 30 points combined is what I'm going to do. I mean, I'm here for that. I am not mad at it at all. Um, R in the chat said Cam needs to work on his rebounding and blocking out. Is that... Is that something you agree with? And if so, is that the next step for Cam? I mean, the whole team was bad offense on on the defensive glass. So, I mean, we could point to everybody. Jay Crowder needs to work on his defensive rebound. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) they they had a bad night on the boards. But, again, they'll they'll look at things. They'll address them. And it's hard when you have to play a team like the Pelicans, who you don't really see that kind of size all the time. um, And you certainly haven't played in a competitive game for a long time, um, you know, having to, to to match that kind of intensity on the boards. Plus, when desperate teams are trying to get back in the game, that also changes the kind of the, the algorithm. So, um, you know. <laughs> the, the algorithm. The algorithm, like yeah. <laughs> we're the now mental running, algorithm. We're running mental stuff on the algorithm as well. What like, is going on in the chat right now? <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Somebody's I don't know what's happening. Trash. Yeah, somebody's yeah. talking trash, but who cares? Look, the... The rebounding needs to be tightened up. We talked mm-hmm. about it pregame, how good this uh, this Pelicans team is on the offensive glass. But the encouraging thing was the Suns only had nine turnovers. And the Pelicans are traditionally this season good at forcing turnovers and turning those into points. So you can live with getting hurt a little bit on the offensive boards if you aren't turning over the ball. So as long as they keep not turning it over, you can have a little bit of leeway uh, on the boards. It's when both of those things go against the Suns that that's when I think the Pelicans might be able to sneak a game out in this series overall. I do, I do like Doug Allen in the chat says, Miguel Bridges almost baptized Valencius. <laughs> <laughs> that's close enough. I get it. Very close. You're, you're an impor- <laughs> that's like when I took foreign language in college. It was like you just got to get the translation close enough to get some kind of credit for it. So we're giving you credit there. <laughs> um, so I do have one quick update from Gerald, who will hopefully be joining us here shortly. Um, He did mention that he spoke with Monty and a handful of the players. He's waiting for DeAndre now. So hopefully he will be here shortly. But as far as the offensive rebounds go, Monty Williams said that the Pelicans got nearly 20 more shots than the Suns. So noted that 
that difference there as well. Said they were a bit rusty after not playing for a week, but they persevered. But we have to hit, um, we have to have a hit first mentality. Monty said boxing out is a lost art in the NBA and that the Suns simply have to do a better job keeping the Pelicans off the offensive boards. So they're they're focused on it. And I know we've been saying that this last couple weeks of the regular season that they were focused on it, they're aware of it. But I think the last couple weeks of the regular season were different, right? Because guys were in and out. They were playing very few minutes. They were playing strategically, let's not get hurt basketball. Yeah. So they're aware of it in this series, and it's going to be at the top of their minds. And hopefully we see a little bit of an adjustment in the next few games. You, I am a little disappointed, though. You would have thought, knowing that a couple of these teams that they're playing were or could have played in this first-round matchup were very good on the boards, that they would have spent a lot of time and a lot of focus in that week that they had off on the mentality of crashing the boards, boxing out. Now, and I don't remember who it was in the chat, forgive me, but uh, they were saying that, you know, a lot of weird shots tonight, air balls, balls coming off the the rim, mm -hmm. weird leads to potentially being out of position because you're, the traditional position you'd be in to get a rebound isn't where that ball winds up. I get that. But, yeah, they got a lot of work to do before game two and before, uh, you know, moving on in this playoffs that's that's the achilles heel that could keep coming up all right we can't have a post game show without really talking about devin booker at all well, we could i mean can be we ineffective. devin booker finished with 25 points tonight four rebounds and eight assists devin had some really really elite passes tonight i was really impressed from some no looks to some lobs you name it, D-Book was really getting his teammates involved, especially in that first half. He was the reverse CP3. Right. He took care of the first half. CP3 took care of that fourth quarter. And that's uh, that was kind of the story tonight for Devin Booker. That first quarter, he looked great. I uh, came out. I even asked, are, are we in Armani mode early on? Because <laughs> he was hitting shots. He had that shot, uh, I think it was the second quarter, where he pulled up from the logo. Uh, you know, at, at midcourt and hit that. Like it felt like that it was going to be that kind of night for Devin Booker, and I think they the Pelicans did a good job of adjusting defensively in that second half to focus on Book, and that's when uh, when it led to Chris Paul being able to take over in that fourth. Yeah, you know, Devin. It was kind of a, I mean, not a ho hum game for Devin Booker, but it, it was a solid all around game. Um, and, you know, like Taboo's Tidbits in the chat says, 25-8, and eight, wish he had taken a few less contested shots, but overall, good first game from Book. And I agree with that. I think that's a that's an apt assessment. Like, yeah, he forced some shots up, and uh, that's why I said, you know, at the beginning when you were like, oh, is this, is this Armani mode? I'm like, I don't think you could ever say it's Armani mode until you get to the third quarter and you see where he's at. Yeah. Um, you know, Armani mode doesn't really kick in until at least midway through the third, and then you're like, oh, shit, he's on another level tonight. That's when Armani mode kicks in. He's always good in the first quarter. I think he averages like 15 points in the first quarter, like every damn game. So yeah. we already know what he's going to bring you in the first. Uh, I'm, I more look for the third and fourth quarter to see what he does to, to project Armani mode. Code in the chat said, Boat kills me with the foot on the line crap. Oh, yes. I mean, I've just, I, I've just accepted it now as like it's no, our thing. It's such a it's uh, such a bad shot. Had, it's the, the worst shot in basketball. The one he had tonight was 
a step back. So, like, in a step back situation, all right, I get it. Like, you're, it may happen. But it you was may on a fast break. But he stepped back. He came in, he stepped when back, he and he another shot bigger That's step fine. back. It's when, it's when he's at, you know, behind the line and still doesn't. That's know, why he chucks it up from the, the logo, because he's like, <laughs> I don't know how close I am to the line. Let me shoot from half court. I mean, you, you never have to worry about having your foot on the line no. if you just shoot it from the ha- from half court. So. <laughs> Is that, is that what Steph's been doing all these years? Maybe that was the origin story of Steph shooting from there. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, we probably would be able to tell, but by the way, can we've talked a lot about Chris Paul. Can we please remind people of No 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 no, no, no Whoa, we, don't no, you no. fucking steal okay. my thunder? Well, well I like trying to God I, I like trying it. to do that to you. No pun you do intended. it to Lindsay all the time. So I was just <laughs> trying no to pay intended. it back. Hey, you know. Should we show uh, the other one then? Yeah. yeah. That's what I've been waiting we for. Can do that. We waited Let's until like that. 45 minutes of the show that. to talk about the hottest still, shit we, we got, got tonight. We got our most viewers we've had the whole show. That's so what let's let's drop it. it. Let's drop it. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Oh my God, you just ruined it. <laughs> what we are showing right now for all of our audio listeners is a brand new t shirt. It's called the Valley Sicko shirt, and you can get it right now. In our locker at phnxlocker.com. Or if you become a gophnx.com member, you can get it for free depending on which option you choose. So head on over to the website, check it out, pick one up, let us know what you think. Um, and if you have any uh, thoughts, no, I mean, there's already been several hit people hit us on Twitter saying they just they already bought it like as soon as we dropped it because we dropped it on Twitter at the beginning of the show. Dude, that's, that shirt is so awesome. I love it. Dare I say it's sick? <laughs> Mook Allen in the chest. Says, I need to see that in real life first. <laughs> I'll, I'll just ignore um, what I go <laughs> <laughs> Brett Murdoch said, I already copped that ish. Can't wait for it. Uh, Charles says, yes. Ha ha ha. Yes. Sean said, that shirt is fire. Mike said, no lie, that is dope. Edward said, that's a pretty good visual. Um, so you guys, it's a pretty sweet shirt. If you're listening to this on audio, I'm telling you, go look at it and then go buy it. I, yeah. Can we show that one more time for the for the peeps? Because it was just so damn good. I got to see it again. The gorilla screaming, like, it, that is pretty dope. Uh, I do like that. Brett Murdoch says, the gorilla screaming is such a sick touch. No pun intended. Look, look I, uh, I've been called a sicko before, but I proudly... Wear that out and But about. now it means so something now, positive. Now it's worth it. Once again, we, we don't have the sound effect, but boo. Good job. Good boo. job, Shane. So, yeah, that's our brand new shirt. Thanks for waiting 40 minutes to uh, finally get a look at it. We appreciate you guys. As if they could have just been on our Twitter and seen it a that's while true. ago. But... That's true. <laughs> um, Iverson Vlog said, look at Gerald's tweet. Aiden said his head is fine, but said also... Something Aiden isn't, Aiden isn't happy. happy. Yep. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll hear what, what Gerald has yeah. to say about that for sure. So. so, but at least we have that small update. Aiden is fine. All right, guys, it's time for some screenshots. Let's do screenshots. it. Presented by Arizona Department of Health Services. COVID-19 vaccines are free for everyone five and older. Those 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov to find a location near you. Should All right. that breath real bad? There? Can I go first? Yes, yes. please. So, yes, we'll, so well, hold on. Let me break this down. So we're kind of changing this, right? Uh, these are some of our favorite moments from tonight's mm-hmm. game. So we're changing it up a little bit for the and playoffs. 
So I'll take it away. So my moment tonight was obviously Chris Paul. But then I thought, wait a minute. Don't we have a Chris Paul shirt? Let's drop this in. That logo right there. Look at that beautiful image. That point guard shirt. So while we're here, you might as well see what it looks like. Because we actually have the point guard shirt that we released two months ago. It's been fire. It's been selling off the rack. And we're just we just want to let you know. It's still out there, and we saw plenty of people all over Twitter rocking that shirt at the game, uh, showing it all over Twitter. It was freaking awesome. So you can still get yours. It's in our locker. Just a reminder, go get your shirt. Point God. He's the only God. He's the righteous God. The basketball God. Sorry. I was like, on my this bad. day of yeah. all my bad. days? My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Basketball God, my bad. Can we clip that? And we'll put that I on Twitter. I, I knew I was going to fuck something up. I knew I was going to fuck something up. Dude, Shane's like trying so I know. hard not to die. I, 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 the look on my I face must have been I, I tried to like think of the lyrics to the song and I fucked it all up. Our point God is an awesome guy. Yeah. But either way. He, he, reigns from, he reigns from mid-range and above. Either way, it is still a really dope shirt. It's it mid-range from heaven above. It's a really dope look, shirt. Look, yeah, <laughs> you should check it out. Get yourself a late Easter gift. There's My still bad. time. Go buy yourself. Of all days to fuck this up, I chose this one. I'm sorry, <laughs> folks. <laughs> Should we just awkwardly stare at Saul here for a moment? I feel like everybody's already awkwardly. People in the chat are awkwardly staring at me, and I can't even see their faces. I just know they're like, what in the fuck is wrong with this they're dude? Like, Damn, Saul's going hard tonight. All right, Espo, what's, you, what's your favorite I don't screenshot? remember. <laughs> my my screenshot is the look on my face from when uh, Saul just said that. No, mine was, uh, this was about midway through the fourth quarter, actually eight minutes to go. Suns were up seven, but the, the Pelicans were making their run. And Chris Paul kind of okey-doked his defender, pulled up, hit the three, put him back up by 10, and that basically slammed the door on the Pelicans. Edward Todd in the chat, you jerk. He said, <laughs> Saul, nailed it. <laughs> oh, God. oh, point God. <laughs> I'm in the Gerald role right now. Oh my How did I wind oh up in no. the oh no, geez. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. All right. My screenshot tonight um, was when we got ourselves a Cam Johnson one-handed slam in the first quarter because that was pretty. And honestly, I think it might have been you, Espo, um, before, like a couple minutes before this, you were like, I feel like we're going to get a Cam Johnson slam tonight. Mm -hmm. And then a few minutes later... We got one, Cam. and I think this one was my screenshot, one, because I love Cam Johnson, of course, but two, Whoa, because Cam. it showed us early on, okay, Cam's feeling himself. We we might get a good game from Cam. We, we shouldn't be concerned about Cam still trying to work through anything. This let us know, I feel like, pretty definitively that Cam was feeling good. He was bad. Uh, by the way, for those of you wondering why we're showing you a screenshot and not the play, our legal department, that's the answer. So that's why we're on screenshots. <laughs> um, one more time, COVID-19 vaccines are free for everyone five and older. Those 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster. Let's do the right thing and keep everyone safe as we get together to watch Suns playoffs in action. Visit azhealth.gov for a location near you. 
Do you, do you guys know what I was thinking about during the play? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it again. Sorry. Go what? Ahead. What? Else, Balls. <laughs> no. Um, honorable mention, and we had a couple people that? in the chat. Now I'm just judging you. <laughs> what's going on? Uh, we had a couple of people in the chat mention this one too. Mikhail, honorable mention for Mikhail's uh, defensive efforts against uh, Jonas Valanciunas. The block he yeah. had. Yeah. Well, when he, well, that one too. But even in the earlier on in the second quarter, was like he kind of was like a whole sequence. Mikhail was basically defending everyone for a hot second, then uh, forced the jump ball. Hot, spicy depoy. That's yeah, what you're getting. Exactly. I'm glad. I'm glad we got to the playoffs now, so that way we can only give flowers to eight people instead of twelve. You're welcome. <laughs> it was a nine-man rotation. Gerald, what's up, buddy? Oh no! Oh can't no! Get his him. audio doesn't work. How's it going, everybody? Hey, there hey, it is. Gerald. Okay. Oh, oh, there we go. You can hear me. What's going on, Gerald? Give us the lowdown from Monty. Uh, well, actually, you know what? First things first. Everyone wants to know. How's DA? Is he okay? Yeah, he said he was fine in post game. Um, you know, obviously we were a little concerned because he did stay on the floor after he took that hit to the face. Um, and he seemed a little woozy, especially right after it happened. But he said he was fine. Um, his quote was, if that's how they want to start the series, so be it. But it was more in regards to the physicality because he did say after that he didn't think it was intentional uh, from Herb Jones and uh, it's just part of the game is what he said. Monty seemed to agree as well. He said he didn't, he'd have to look at it again, but he didn't think it was malicious or anything like that. I think Monty's wrong. What do you think? Oh Jared? my gosh. <laughs> look, I think so the replay they showed in house looked bad because it didn't show that he was like chasing Chris Paul. It was just kind of like a close up on his shoulder going right into DA's jaw. So it looked bad in arena. It looked intentional here. But once I got a chance to look at the other replays, I think he was just trying to chase Chris Paul and didn't realize DA was right in front of him and tried to like jump around him. Um, but you know, it, and Herb Jones, like I was checking in with a couple of Pelicans beat writers. They were saying he's not, you know, he's a rookie, so he's not going to be doing that kind of stuff anyway, but he's also not the type that has had any malicious history or any plays like that throughout the season. So I, I don't think it was intentional. Girth, girth. I just want to say this out loud that I, I basically put you and Monty in the same level in terms of my respect for both of you. And I said, if Monty and Gerald are good with what happened on the court, then I am good with what happened on the court. I am not. That's like, that's like the nicest compliment you could give me on Easter. That's nice, Saul. You're, oh, you should have heard what I just fucked <laughs> up a minute ago. Just because oh, no. watch, watch our screenshot segment, oh, you know, I have I a different am, feeling. I am definitely going to get a lot of hate mail, I feel like. Um, what else did Monty share about just the game as a whole today? Yeah, um, he talked a lot about their connectivity on defense. Obviously, in the first half, that was one of the better defensive performances we've ever seen out of this Suns group, holding them to 22% shooting in the first half. Um, but he mentioned that they lost some of that in the second half. Obviously, the Pelicans were going to start hitting shots at some point. Um, but he also you know, made mention of the obvious. The work on the glass has to be better. The offensive rebounding thing. I think they had 25 offensive boards for 29 second-chance points. Still won comfortably, but and that's going to happen when a Pelicans team shoots 20% in the first half. There's going to be a lot of misses, um, but he was saying they just have to do a little bit better job on Jonas on Jonas Valanciunas and, and keeping some of those wings from crashing the boards the way that they were. I do have a quick question for you as far as your level of concern. Scale of 1 to 10 as far as rebounding goes, where are you at right now and why? 
so it's tough to say because if you look at just that area, like it's got to be a 10. You can't give up 25 offensive rebounds in a playoff game. That type of thing, if you continue to do it over time, will hurt you. But like that felt like kind of the worst case scenario and they still won comfortably. Like they are just better than this team. The Pelicans are an elite offensive rebounding team and the Suns have kind of struggled with that at times this season, but they just outplayed them in every other facet. Like they held them to 22% shooting despite giving up 15 offensive rebounds in the first half. That's kind of incredible. Um, And when they were locked in in that first half, like there was nothing that was like their offense was just kind of okay. And their defense was what really just gave them that, I think, 19-point lead heading into the second half. So it's one of those things where I think they can shore up a few things, be better about it. But this kind of felt like it might be the worst-case scenario. And if they came out of that game with a win, this could be a quick series. Yeah, I I get the feeling that, you know, you have an 11-point victory and people, and even us early on in the show, kind of talking as if it was almost a disappointment as to what happened in that third. Did you get the sense that the team kind of felt that way too, that this wasn't up to standard and that they've set this season? I think so. I I think when you give up 34 points in the first half and then 37 in the third quarter um, and, you know, the fourth quarter defense wasn't, it it was great when it needed to be, which was the most important thing. But I do think uh, that they were talking about, I think Monty mentioned they were talking about right immediately in the locker room after the game, going back and watching some of the film on the offensive rebounds on some of the areas defensively where they could have been better in this game. Um, and, you know, four out of five starters shot really well, but like they defensively did the job that they needed to do for most of the game. And I think that third quarter is kind of like an area where they're going to look at that and be like, we can be even better than we were tonight, um, which is a scary thought for you know, other potential playoff opponents. I know this is just the Pelicans right now, but, um, you know, the way that they put the clamps on them was, I haven't seen anything like that in a while. You know, the it looked like Willie Green was just trying anything. He was scrambling there for a little bit, trying to find different matchups. It looked like the smaller lineup for a while there was the most efficient for him. Uh, what kind of adjustments do you think um, the Suns will make to that uh, in game two? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because Jackson Hayes didn't play very much. He was starting for them at the four, and that yeah, he move, didn't play because he's straight trash. Is the reason why? <laughs> just so we all know. Well, well, I mean, that move kind of helped get them to where they were, putting him in the starting lineup. But against this Suns team, it's just not going to fly because they're going to target you on defense. And you know, even with all the offensive rebounds that were being given up, you know, they were able to target him, Devonte Graham, when he got in the game. So it's one of those things where when they put Larry Nance at the five or when they just had Jonas at the at the five and had shooters around him, that was a little more difficult to contend with. Um, and I, I think there are various things the Suns can do to adjust to that. But honestly, they could just beat it with their normal rotations because as we've talked about, DA is great at punishing those mismatches when teams go small. Um, but I would be... I'd be surprised if Willie Green goes with Jackson at the four again to start next game. That'll be definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, But if he does, the Suns are going to try to exploit that again. You're talking about the Pelicans rotation, but what about the Suns rotation? I know Saul was heartbroken tonight. We saw no Landry Shamit in this game. Was that strategic? Is is Monty strategically shortening uh, that rotation now? Yeah, he was asked about that and, you know, his level of comfort playing Shamit, obviously coming off the left left foot sprain. But he said it was just kind of 
one of those deals at this time of the year. Um, he's shortening the playoff rotation and he let Landry Shaman know ahead of time that that would be kind of the case tonight. Um, he said there was, a, um, I think it was in the second quarter, he mentioned that he felt like there was a stretch where he might have gotten him in there, um, but opted against it. So we could see some Shamit in this series still, but tonight it, it just wasn't happening. And um, that's just kind of what happens playoff time. Did, did Money mention anything about campaign and his performance at all? No, I don't think so. I, I, I think it's one of those things where he had a bad night, but it's not uh, – I'd be surprised if he plays like that throughout the rest of the series. He missed it, a couple of gimmies, a couple of bunnies. It didn't look to be injury related, right? No, no. I, I think he just missed some makeable shots that he normally makes. And um, it's one of those things where as much as I did, cause I saw a lot of people, Sundance complaining that he left campaign in for too long or, you know, why is he still riding with this guy? Again, we've covered this all season long. Monty's faith in his guys can be a detriment in the short term at times, but in the long term, it's the reason why, so many of these guys have career years here and, and feel so empowered in this system. So I wouldn't sweat it. It was a bad performance, but it's one of those things where he can very easily bounce back in game two and make us all forget this ever happened. I heard uh, Jim Wall Crawford was in the house tonight. Did you get to see him? <laughs> did you give him flowers for me, Gerald? I did not personally get to see him. I did <laughs> not, but apparently we need to give him flowers because uh, he was walking to the locker room apparently and he saw Jamal Crawford and Jamal Crawford told him to shoot more. So Chris Paul said, okay, then I started shooting in the second half. So uh, we can thank Jamal yeah, Crawford. I don't believe that. Get, get the fuck out of here. That's not the reason why CP3 the starts shooting. The point God would not lie <laughs> oh my on God. the holiest of days at that. <laughs> so, yes, give Jamal Crawford his flowers. No, no, no. Biblically, no. who would Jamal Crawford be? If oh, he's no, giving we're not going into religious talk. No, we're not doing this. No, no, we are not setting ourselves up for failure. I've done plenty of job doing that tonight. Listen, Gerald, I got one more, probably the most important question of the nights. How was Rally Beach? I mean, I wasn't out there, but it looked like it was fine. It, I mean, they, they had little towels set up on the sand and looked like nobody got carried off of the stretcher, like, so that's good. No, and it was, I mean, luckily it was like nighttime when the game started or like darker at least. So it's probably still hot out there, but. It didn't seem too bad, I don't think. I don't, I don't know. I need to go back and watch the footage. Yeah, we need we need we right need a story on Rally Beach. We we need to you, we need to know what that's all about and if it's worth it. You're spending next game okay. at Rally Beach, Gerald. So <laughs> leave the button up oh, no. at home. It's a sleeveless shirt time. I was just curious oh, if they have like fans out there or something to help. Yes, well, yeah, the whole they're, point. they're all fans all out fans. there. Dear God. Oh, oh my God. That was the daddest. We knew where we were going, too. You throw the lobs, Lindsay. We'll finish it off like DA, baby. Let's go. Dear Lord. (laughs) All right, Gerald. I'm sure you're like, oh, God, I got to get out of here. So we'll let you go. Thank you for tuning in. All right. Yes, I got I got one last thing for you guys because we didn't get to touch on this. Chris Paul said he could hear Willie Green yelling out, go under on some of those screens. And like the MJ meme, he took that personally. And that's part of why the three-point barrage that we saw unfolded. So uh, he, he was asked, did a, kind of a smile come to your face when you heard him yelling out the different defensive coverages? And 
Chris Paul just kind of grinned and, and dodged the question. But uh, word to Willie Green, don't be yelling out coverages when the greatest point guard of all time is on the floor. Yeah, I can see that word, one. Words to live by. Thanks, Gerald. We appreciate you. Uh, for more on all of Gerald's gatherings from the game tonight, be sure to check out gophnx.com. He writes really great content over there. Uh, gentlemen, I do want to take a break real quick because OG's is one of Arizona's Bye, first scratch-made cannabis <laughs> kitchens and is dedicated to creating innovative and memorable cannabis-infused products that flavor life's journeys. We've heard from Mac and Saul here that they enjoy the orange creamsicle a gummy after a long day of shows here at PHNX. And it just kind of oh. helps calm you down, yeah, kind after, of give you a nice zen, chill evening. After tonight, I'm probably going to take one. So, yeah. Exactly. Long days, uh, lots of anxiety with the playoffs. This might be a thing for you. Uh, we're both Arizona brands. So, if you'd like to know more about them and you're interested in trying their amazingly delicious variety of flavors, OG's brands. Um, has uh, so many great things to offer. Their edibles are not a one-size-fits-all edible either. So no matter what you're looking for, they've got you covered. Um, head on over to OGsBrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z Brands.com to find an OGs near you. Darth Void, I might take you up on that advice. He what says, Saul, take those before the show instead of after. I will actually, no. Listen, this is coherent, Saul. That's fucking up. I can't even imagine what the other Saul would do. So let's not do yeah. that. And then you got to drive that. home. I actually, I actually did do that for one game this season. And if you could tell me which one it is, I'll give you a free shirt. Oh, I'm sure I could figure it out. I could tell you because I know. Yeah, yeah, you I know. won't. Yeah. And this isn't for you, Linz. You've been on this show. I'm talking about those people. Make them do the work. You gotta go back and watch you know, every Josh episode. Already has every episode cataloged, right? Yeah, but he doesn't know which one. <laughs> he just, no, he probably does. He just didn't tweet it out. He was like, "Oh, the Suns are one and zero when Saul takes a gummy." <laughs> He's like, "No, let let me not put Saul on blast like that on Twitter." Um, hey. All right, guys, that's about it for tonight. Unless you have anything else, well, we don't have a producer surprise. We could. No, we could we have Sativa have with the sickos. The playoffs, right? Sativa with the sickos. Sativa with the sickos. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Gummies with the fellas. Yeah, Darth <laughs> Voida. Darth Voida also uh, one of the other Suns guys that does a lot of uh, some good work on his podcast as well. So you guys should check him out. Hi. Jam hey, session. No, no producer surprise. We, we let there's two producers in this room. I don't know. We didn't get one. You ask for a producer surprise, ask him right now and he'll come up with one. I guarantee you. Do you it. have a super producer surprise for us? I can think of something. We are also an hour six in. Do we I don't care. It doesn't matter. We got three producers in this room. It's the room. playoffs, baby. We go overtime. Okay. okay. We give the people what they want. Uh, do we have another ad read so I can think? <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah, that, can, was, that was kind of it. Uh, Jacob's, Jacob's like, I got Jacob's trying to do sign language over here like a like a baby gorilla learning how to talk for the first time with his hands is like what are you doing over here well, we, we could also discuss what we discussed in the sun double show um how many how many four-year-olds you can take in a fight oh that, one time. that is a good one that is zero good one. have at you least, ever met a four-year-old no at least four that's oh. spoken like a non-parent I have yeah, nieces listen, and nephews. I got four kids, and I I'd whoop. I think I could take all at least all four. of their asses if all four of them came at me at the same time. It would take at least twenty. It would take at least twenty, because one of them would get you in in the in the you know in the. I don't think you could take twenty. That's twenty. I mean, just no, just absolutely just murdering them. Like, They're four year 
rules. I mean, I mean like, like does, does that part not yeah, make you it? Can't. Like, you I'm have not, to still be gentle with them. They're listen, children. If, they, if, if, if they're going to fight you, and they're coming at you to fight you. Like what? Like wait, wait, it's either me or them. What, what the hell? Hold on, hold on. What? Lindsay's factoring in being gentle with them because they're children. Yeah. <laughs> no. 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 Are they armed? Like why? <laughs> why are we hurting them? It's, right. This is uh, what's that? What's that show? The Korean show that um uh where Squid they game? play Squid Game. Yeah, it's Squid Game. Twenty of them are coming after you. You either got to murder them or they're gonna murder you. I thought that's where we no, were going with this. No, you don't have to kill them. No. What, the, what are we doing, like, Shane? Like the UFC, just knock them out. Put them to sleep. You just <laughs> knock them out? That's oh it? God. I'd rather, oh my God. I don't you, know. would, you would rather what? kill a child. Yeah, what? <laughs> I mean... Listen, listen, listen ask any of my kids. Like I, like if Sean came running at me, and it, even when he was four, like because when they're four, they're like the perfect height to like headbutt you in the crotch, mm -hmm. and like trust me, they're taking a knee to the head when they put oh their head God. down. Like that's what's happening. Like ask any of my kids. Oh my God. <laughs> That's what Ask happens. any of your kids. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we so should have yeah. tonight. We should. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think we're Am I wrong? You asked how many freaking four-year-olds would it take to beat you up. I'm telling you, hey. it would be at least 20 because four of those motherfuckers wouldn't get the job done. <laughs> hey, if, uh, if you're in the chat and you want to <laughs> donate to these kids... <laughs> Drop a super chat because apparently we need to protect them. Oh my gosh! I was just thinking, like, 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 knock me you. over, like, right. like, like they were going to be annoying and they I would know. mess with you, but you would be gentle and like you wouldn't harm the children. You would just yeah. disarm. Okay. Okay. I didn't see this. I, is, no, this is Lindsay. where you're underestimating it right now. Okay? I think they were like, oh yeah, sure. Let's just push them over to the side until one of them. One of them grabs you in the balls and hurts you really, really those, bad. So it's fine. Okay. Well, Whatever your sensitive <laughs> spots are, I don't know where to go with this lens. I'm a guy. This is all I can freaking refer to. <laughs> but why? Jesus. I, are, they, why? are they SEAL Team 4? Are these highly are trained four-year-olds? Yes. These are like, the you did. This is like a 20-year-old. These are 20 four-year-old ninjas coming at you with throwing stars and fucking nunchucks. Well, that's different. So These are highly trained. No, no, they're not. They're just four-year-olds and you're fighting them with your hands. You're not supposed to kill them. You're supposed to knock them out. How am I supposed Why to defend myself? If I kick a four-year-old in the face, I might kill them. How else am I supposed to defend it's myself? Okay, then throw to the side. No, it's, it's not. Gentle just just why, why are we even knocking out the four-year-old? Pick them up! <laughs> Somewhere else! This is theoretical. Everything is theoretical. It's all made up anyway. Charles says Espo has the right answer of zero. Well, congratulations, Espo. Wait, did you pick at zero? Yeah, he said zero from the very start. You can Really? No. Yeah. What does that mean, zero? Well, a, I'm not kicking them in the head. No, so, but you like, could easily wrap them in a burrito and a blanket, my, and they would be stuck for like at least five my, minutes. My moral compass <laughs> has me saying I'm not hurting them on purpose. See, in, my, in my mind, it's like a video game. Like if you yeah. don't put them out of their misery, they keep well, coming back. 
Okay. Again, I get, we gotta fall somewhere. We have to fall somewhere in between. Saul wants to kill them, and Lindsay wants to tickle to them. Kill like, I'm just thinking like, a like, medium. Yes. mythical scenario. What are these like zombie four year olds yeah. coming at you? Just you get them done. So. Just normal children. <laughs> in my mind, they're zombie four year olds. Like you got terrible parents. You got to take them out by a zombie. You got to take them out. I have so many damn questions right now. <laughs> I need more clarification next Dear time, Shane. Before you, throw, before you throw some half-assed four-year-old answer out I, there. I just said four-year-olds. You, you How many do you think it would take? And what would you be your strategy? And what would you do to these kids? Nineteen, and I'm like, I'm like, like capoeira kicking them, like spinning around, you, kicking them. You guys, something shiny or candy is how you disarm a four-year-old. You don't have to beat them senseless. They want to fight you. Yeah. Yeah, the four-year-olds want to fight you. I, I feel like that's the but premise. they don't have any knives. <laughs> They're yeah, mad. I'm telling you, Mike B in the chat gets it. He said, I used to do the blanket burrito to my niece and nephew all the time. You literally just wrap it up and tuck and they're stuck for like five minutes oh. you could do all five of them in like that so so you're just gonna do one at a time and the other ones are just gonna stand there and just no, watch you no they're gonna be on your back and like holding on your legs but you'll be fine they're gonna be four. pulling your hair they're, they're gonna be four. gouging your eyes out they're gonna be no. pulling the side of your mouth trying I, to rip your mouth they off they are four so they are vicious <laughs> I am so vicious they must be dealt with sleep <laughs> I do not have to answer these questions. My five-year-old is asleep, thank God. <laughs> she would be very concerned about oh, Uncle Saul right now. <laughs> Uncle oh, Saul said he'd kick us all in the head. The hamster's up there. It's just not spinning very fast, <laughs> folks. I'm sorry. Okay. I just went to I went to Zombieland, four-year-olds, instead of whatever the fuck this is. So I didn't get clarification on some rules. No, like, listen, Mike, you know what the great thing is? is like I keep it real with my oh. kids, and so we have a great relationship because they know that I'm I'm full transparency. It's full transparency, code yeah. Code the check goes, well, I guess the interns are hosting the podcast next time. <laughs> Everyone else is going to jail. No, I'd like to S. make it very clear I am not. That's <laughs> and I are fine. We're not trying to round out kids in the face. <laughs> Good Lord. I'm going to cap a wear and kick him. Taboo's tidbit says, better not call Saul. 911, what's your emergency? Oh, my Listen, God. okay, I think we learned a couple of very important lessons tonight. Be first very specific in your producer. First of all, don't ever talk about Point God as the all-time God. Mm -hmm. uh, number two. Uh, if you are going to throw uh, mythical situations out there, there needs to be a little bit more clarity mm -hmm. in terms of just not how many yeah, four-year-olds well, would it take to beat okay, you up. The only thing I could have clarified is what J.U.J.U. said in the chat. Are we talking sanctioned fight? Yes, it's sanctioned. We're allowed to do Who this. sanctions a fight with four-year-olds? It doesn't matter. So I have boxing gloves on. Yes. No. And I'm just no, you're absolutely just going ham yes. on these kids. Yes. That Worst. does not sound any better, Shane. Yes, it does, because it's sanctioned. It's government sanctioned. Like, the UFC, you're allowed to fight it, someone. So UFC f stands for Unified Fighting Children? Like, is that <laughs> what this is now? Oh my God. You all are just scaring me tonight. Ay, jeez. That went off the rails way more than I ever anticipated from... A producer surprise. <laughs> Four-year-olds are not mythical, Saul. <laughs> <song. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay. <laughs> Anything wow. else, guys? Well, any final thoughts on four-year-old children? So song? apparently, Estro's never going to ask me to babysit. Definitely not. You I'm a listen. I'm a one. great. I'm a great. I'm great with kids. I just want you all to know that. Yeah, like, I subdue them very quickly. No, no. Listen, <laughs> this is a mythical situation. It's theoretical. There's nothing magical about it. <laughs> mythical, theoretical. It's all the same. Hypothetical. Hypothetical. <laughs> is there a difference between the three? I just. Yes. Mythical, theoretical, and mythical hypothetical. Mythical is like magical. Like, right? In this game, we it need, is. We need Gerald here to play the I feel the like source. I'm about to walk through like Narnia and I have to like scissor kick some four, four year olds. So, right. guys, during the play in tournament, I was thinking about something. Thank you all for tuning in. We really appreciate you. You can follow me on Twitter at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. You can follow Saul <laughs> at Saul underscore Bookman. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, we gotta go. We gotta read this. It says you. Saul is good with kids unless there's a contract on the line. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bye bye, everybody. Let me just say when Saul offers to watch your children because you're kind of curious, just say no. Ahoy, hoy. Rally in the valley like Dan G, no plan B. Always on the job, my team move like the mob. Turn the beat on, I throw it down like DA on the live.